Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. Michigan's playoff game in the Rose Bowl against Alabama is three weeks away, but we start looking ahead to the matchup. We also try to answer a difficult question. Who is Michigan's team MVP? There's recruiting and transfer news and some basketball happenings as well. That's all coming up on Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys, good to be with you here. Uh, Monday, December 11th in the middle of the afternoon. Uh, yeah, it was just last week. I was throwing out uh, the Kansas City Bowl presented by the Eras Tour and the Go Buck Naked Chicago Bowl presented by Duluth Trading Company and the Miami Beach Coleman Inflatable Hot Tub Bowl, all of which were made up. And uh, you guys did a pretty good job sorting those out. I heard from a lot of listeners that enjoyed that segment. So uh, yes, thank you. Thank you to our listeners. Um, but yeah, we've got some real stuff to talk about on on this episode. And yeah, we're still a few weeks out from the actual game. Haven't talked to anyone on the Michigan side since our last podcast. That'll probably change this week. But there's been some news. You know, the transfer portal is open now. How has it affected Michigan so far? Yeah, it's been over open for about a week now. Uh, first few days, it was really quiet, almost eerily quiet on the Michigan side because typically with the way it goes, you know, after the Big Ten Championship game the last few years, the coaches have taken time off. So, or not, excuse me, they, they leave, they go in recruiting. So the players don't have a lot of time to talk to the coaches to kind of let them know what they're thinking in terms of their future and transfers and everything else. So it, I think it took a little bit longer than, than some other programs. But yeah, Michigan had its first tra- player enter the transfer portal. Uh, today, December 11th, as we're, as we're recording this, uh, running back C.J. Stokes. Uh, he's a name that maybe some hardcore fans are familiar with. He played quite a bit last year as a true freshman. Uh, 11 games, as a matter of fact. Rushed for a little over 200 yards and a touchdown. He was he was part of the running back rotation, and and this year it just it never happened. He played in the first two games, got a handful of carries, and really hasn't been seen since. Uh, I, I haven't gotten a clear answer on what happened, whether it was injury or it he just made the decision prematurely early this year that he was going to transfer and he's being held out. I, I don't know, but nonetheless, uh, CJ is going to transfer. He announced it today on social media, uh, program spokesman confirmed it. Um, I guess not a surprise, you know, when you look at the depth chart and the way things are look, shaping out at that position right now. Um, but I, I, I'm, I can confidently say this is probably not going to be the only, um, you know, transfer uh, out of Michigan this year. I mean, remember this team is preparing for a bowl game. Decisions are being made and, and maybe some, some players are maybe a little more hesitant to decide right now because there's so much still on the line and to play for. 
Um, but nonetheless, it's transfer portal season, and, and Michigan certainly isn't isn't precluded from it. You can't really wait, though. If you're, you know, the, it, it's it remains open, but it's roster spots fill, especially depending on what position you are. We remember this with Alan Bowman last season as a quarterback. You know, every team only has one that's on the field at, at one time, so you know he felt that he couldn't limit his opportunities by. By waiting, so he kind of double dipped, and he he had entered the portal while still staying with the team. I'm not sure how many guys can necessarily pull that off, but uh, we'll see. Uh, as far as other candidates, Ryan, who who, who are, you, are you looking at this roster and thinking, okay, here's a guy that might also be leaning towards uh, joining CJ Stokes in the portal? Yeah, I mean, whenever it comes to the portal, there's kind of a, a formula or like kind of criteria that you can kind of go by and, and maybe judge like, oh, this this would make sense for this player to to transfer and it, to me it's guys that have been weighing the wings a little bit that are former highly rated recruits that haven't really seen the field very often in their first couple of years so if, if you go by that i mean there's some players like receiver darius clemens i mean he was potentially thought of thought of as maybe of a breakout player this year especially with how thin mission was at receiver and he hasn't really played much especially in in big 10 play uh, he was a top 150 recruit um, I mean, but like you said, the centers with two two years in a row, they brought in uh, a transfer that has immediately started right away. And I mean, we've heard a lot of good things about Greg Crippen, but it's he's waited his turn now for a while. And I don't know. I mean, probably a bummer for him to continue to be uh, jumped on on the depth chart. And you have Raheem Anderson that's also in that conversation. If you go to the quarterbacks, seem to transfer more frequently than other positions and. I mean, I, we don't know what's going to happen with JJ yet, but there's, I mean, Davis Warren, he got put on scholarship this year, but it, it and maybe thought of as the number two heading into the season. But now it seems like that's been more of Jack Tuttle, even Alex Orgy's kind of come in there a little bit and, and offered a different look as a, as a running option. So um, I, that's another one too. And then maybe like a, a linebacker like Jaden Hood, uh, he was also a four-star recruit and just, we heard a lot about him in spring camp this year, but again, with how well the other linebackers have been pl playing, um, hasn't really had much of an opportunity. But again, with all the other linebackers right now, they could all leave to go to the NFL, or at least Michael Barrett and Junior Colson too. So it it's tough to t say at this point, and, and who knows? I mean, I don't want to say like this guy's probably going to transfer, but it's just to me what would make sense from the outside looking in those those players. Davis Warren was the first name that came to my mind when you guys brought this topic up. Um, keep in mind, he hasn't dressed in weeks now. Uh, there's a point there where, yeah, we thought he might have been like the, the, the backup, um, but he just it hasn't materialized. And again, I don't know if it's an injury or what's going on there, but the fact that he hasn't played a ton and you know he he still has a couple years of eligibility left would signal to me that, he, that he'd be a perfect candidate for this. Um, we'll, we'll obviously see as things go forward, but he was the guy that jumped out to me right away when you guys when you guys mentioned it. Yeah, we're we're not speculating on what guys might be thinking. We're not pushing guys out the door, but I think Ryan did a good job of explaining that there is almost a formula to this. You can look at their recruiting ranking, their playing time, and their position on the depth chart and you know kind of add those things up and it kind of spits out whether you know a good per good percentage of players that meet those criteria uh, often end up in the portal. But again, with the quarterback you know, you're behind Tuttle, he's gone. McCarthy could be too. So like that, it you know, exactly how things play out for Michigan 
uh, there will, will affect you know their the, the these other players' decisions, as well who they potentially bring in from the portal. Right? I mean, it's a two that it's a it's a revolving door, so guys will be coming in too. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. I, I've been told that they are looking to be pretty active in the in the tra- transfer portal this year too, just because the recruiting class hasn't uh, maybe taken off as many expected it to. From I mean, they had like 25, 26 commits before the season even started, and are still at twenty six at this point. So they haven't added too many um, it, during the seasons. And I, I've been told that yeah, they're they're going to be trying to hit the portal hard, especially at some key positions, and that's including quarterback too. I mean, it, it's still early, and you never know. But there's there's a ton of big name quarterbacks in there. Obviously, you have Jaden Davis, uh, a four-star top 100 quarterback commit coming in as a freshman next year. He's set to enroll early, so I mean, there's there's going to be there's there could be some departures, but there will also be some new new faces in that quarterback room. I would guess by the time next season starts. Yeah, on that note, too, JJ McCarthy's decision is going to I think be key in all of this. I mean, it's going to be the domino for for a lot of these guys in terms of whether they decide to come back or not. Uh, you know, especially at the quarterback position. If JJ's back, then you're going to see quarterbacks you know uh, clearly you know not be as high on Michigan just because the, the the starting the playing time isn't there at least right away um, but long term it's it, it's a question for, for Michigan at the quarterback position who who is that next guy behind JJ McCarthy um, you know we've seen bouts of Alex Orgy and Jane Denegal they look good at times I think each has their own strength and are different better areas um, but I, I I don't know who that next guy is in line that's that's I think the more interesting question and it's one we'll probably you know go into later as the offseason you know uh, gets here but we're not there at that point yet I know JJ hasn't decided um, you know his, his stock isn't probably as high as it was maybe a couple of months ago where his name was coming up as a potential like top 10 top 15 pick that doesn't seem to be the case anymore he's more like fringe first rounder at this point and again that's subject to change as well i mean if he comes out and plays fantastic in the rose bowl and michigan goes wins a national championship that certainly would boost his stock as well so jj's i think the thing that stirs this, this drink here not, not only that but maybe donovan edwards if he decides to come back and maybe some of these linemen so there's a lot going on here uh mccarthy will be the key to watch in terms of guys whether they decide to come back or not I, I guess the unfortunate thing for, for Michigan, too, is if, yeah, I mean, without knowing what McCarthy's going to do, it's it's going to be hard for them to bring in a top-rated transfer guy at the quarterback position with, with uncertainty of McCarthy's future. I mean, if you're looking at, like, a Dante Moore, who uh, was Michigan was a finalist for him coming out of high school, um, played, played in uh, the Detroit area at Detroit Martin Luther King. And, yeah, it seems like Michigan definitely does have some interest there, but would he come in – and sit behind JJ for another year before he gets to maybe potentially take over the reins. And then you also, you're battling Jaden Davis in his second year too. So it's quarterbacks are teams are looking to fill that spot now because their seasons are essentially over. Michigan is not. So that, that could, they could be at a disadvantage there in as far as landing some transfers. And I think we'll get an answer relatively quickly. I think we'll get a decision like quarterbacks. If if we see a big name quarterback decide to, you know, commit to Michigan, I'm not saying that's going to definitively tell you McCarthy's leaving, but that it may signal something. So I, I think we'll find something more there before we find out an answer from JJ, like on the record, if that makes sense. Yeah, sort of reverse engineer it there. Uh, but yeah, if you if you recruit well and you develop your talent, you know you can one absorb losses to, to the portal a little better than other programs, and and two use it to kind of supplement, uh, uh, you know, the roster or plug holes. And you just saw Michigan do that this past offseason. Like, did they, uh, you know, did they necessarily? 
they had a good offensive line, but they solidified it, you know, with Nugent and, and Henderson. They they had a tight end in Colson Loveland, but they got AJ Barner too. Um, you know, they had pass rushers, but they got Josiah Stewart. Um, you know, they they had they have good de- you know defensive backs, but they got Josh Wallace. It's like they just they they added these little pieces that have that have been so helpful. It'll be interesting to see how it how it works out uh this year, but you know that's been a that was a focus of the coaching staff, certainly this past week, uh, in addition to just regular high school recruiting. Um you know, this is a this is a major game that they're getting ready for, but um, you got you got a month to do it. You can spend some of the time and you have to, uh, you know, re- recruiting as well. What's going on, everyone? Ben Raven with MLive's Detroit Lions Beat here. Just want to point in the direction of MLive's new Dungeon of Doom Insider Tech Service. Sign up now for a 14-day free trial. And then after that, it's only $4.99 a month to text with myself, to text with Kyle Monkey, and to text with Corey Woods. And not only are you going to get updates and analysis from us with some one-on-one individual conversations on the side, but you're going to be on the front line to be featured on MLive's Dungeon of Doom podcast when we come calling for mailbag questions. Once again, check out joinsubtext.com slash Dungeon of Doom. 14-day free trial, $4.99 after that. You know, we said we were going to talk about Michigan's season MVP. Uh, and I remember having this discussion last year and, and this season, I think it's, it's, it's tougher than ever. Uh, I think it's worth kind of laying out at least the, the candidates. Uh, so I'll just go through a few quickly and then you guys can, I guess I'll find out if I, if I miss someone that that's, you know, <laughs> on your list, but, uh, you gotta have McCarthy 10th in Heisman voting big 10 quarterback of the year. Uh, you know, the QB gets credits for wins sometimes for whatever reason. And he's got Michigan undefeated and, and number one, high completion percentage, great touchdown to interception ratio, all that. Uh, Blake Corum ninth in the Heisman voting big 10 running back of the year leads the nation in touchdowns. Uh, there is an offensive lineman you could look at, whether that be Zach Zinner or, uh, you know, Drake Nugent, if you think, you know, the drop off from from center, you know, at his position would be bigger. And we can get into that, what MVP really means. Um, and then there's a defensive side of the ball. I think Mikey Sanristol is the name that stands out. Five interceptions to return for touchdowns. But, uh, you know, if you want to go more, get a little closer to line of scrimmage with a, with a linebacker like Mike Barrett or a defensive lineman like Chris Jenkins or Mason Graham. I don't know. You guys can can tell me. But uh I don't think I missed anyone that you guys were seriously considering, or did I? Yeah, there's one name on my end, but I'll, I'll save him for a minute here. In a minute, um, when, when I think of MVP, and I think we go we go over this quite a bit. I feel like every year, but to me, MVP means the person who, if you were to remove them from the team, where would the, the biggest drop off happen? Right? Where would Michigan falter the most? Where would they struggle the most? And to me, I look at a couple spots usually. Um, you know. I'm not afraid of looking defensively, but when you look at this defensive unit, it, it, it's almost like a bunch of, it's almost like a puzzle piece, right? Like where I, I don't think one missing piece would have made much of a difference. I think it's more the scheme. So I'm staying away from the defense side of the ball and, and staying in two specific positions on offense. First quarterback, the obvious choice probably for everyone is J.J. McCarthy. I, I think if Michigan didn't have him this year, I, I don't know if the offense would have been as productive and efficient as they were. Um, the numbers, by and large, went up this year. They they were leaned on him more. Uh, passing game, his legs. I think his legs helped absorb some of the carries that maybe the running backs would have gotten in previous years. So he's probably my one A. My one B, and the player you didn't mention is Roman Wilson. I, I think this passing game really took a, a step forward this year, 
and I, I think he was a big reason why he caught some really really nice passes he's he's had a ton of touchdowns this year he was he's essentially become jj's kind of top top weapon in the, in the passing game so i'm going to say jj mccarthy but roman wilson as, as a close follow that, that is interesting. And I, I did kind of dive into Roman Wilson a little bit too, to kind of see if maybe he, he could be the pick, but a lot of his, his numbers came earlier in the year against, I mean, he had three touchdowns in the first game against East Carolina. And since then, I mean, in the last four games, obviously he got hurt early in Maryland and, and left the game, but only one touchdown in that span only had one catch in the big 10 championship against Iowa uh, three for 36 against Iowa or against Ohio State. I mean, that, that one 22-yard touchdown, obviously a big one. But I, I just feel like late in the year, um, he hasn't really done a whole lot. I mean, and then as far as McCarthy, it's just that, that Penn State game where he didn't throw a pass in the entire second half. It's just like in one of the biggest and maybe their toughest win of the season, uh, right up there with Ohio State. He, he doesn't throw a pass, and they kind of just run out the clock, and and they lean on their defense to to kind of win that game. So that's, to me, I, I debate this. This definitely is not an easy question, but I'm like, I look at Mike Sanders still, and I looked at what their defensive back room looked like before the season, and just the game-breaking plays that he has had this year, it's like, it, it's just, it's incredible to me to see his transformation, and like, yeah, like, who else is that? Nick? Do they have at nickel? Jaden McBurrows, who's ha, hasn't really played much at all and is very unproven. So I, I get what you're saying with the quarterback, and I do think yeah, the drop off would be significant with whoever would be in there besides McCarthy. But it's the most impactful and, and the steady throughout the season. I, I think it's got to be Mike Sanders still, just because he's literally been there from game one and making plays and, and kind of being a leader of this defense in a secondary that had some question marks entering the year. Well, I won't bury the lead here. Then Mikey San Ristol's M lives, Michigan football MVP with two votes. Uh, Cause he gets mine too. Michigan is undefeated. They're number one in the country because of their defense. Uh, and I think that, yeah, I wanted to reward a, a player on that side of the ball and, and he's the best. I like how we have different criteria because mine is different from Aaron's. Mine is not, remove that player and where's the drop off because to me that almost uh you're you're giving a player like McCarthy and for example credit for having you know weak backups you know what I'm saying I don't and I don't think you know one player's you know his worth though I get it that word valuable has always been tricky so to me I look at it more of almost the MOP the most outstanding player that's that's what you know the final four in basketball is always called their their top player I've never understood uh, you know, where we got valuable from, um, you know, I think modern day we're we're getting away from having the player need to be on a good team and things like that. But uh, I get it. The offense has also been good. It's not like they were winning games, you know, 13, 10 or, or, you know, nine, six or something like that. This wasn't Iowa, but uh, yeah, the, the biggest games were not, were not exactly shootouts either. So um, the defense was there from, from start to finish. And that's why uh, I lean on him, but McCarthy would get my second vote for sure. Um, and I think there's a pretty big drop off after that quorum. We know, I mean, he's got those, those gaudy touchdown numbers, but almost all of them came inside the five. Uh, the yards per carry just wasn't quite there. Um, so that's why I like, I like Sandra still as well as my, my MVP. Sam Ristol would probably be three, three or four for me. So I don't, I don't hate it. It, it makes sense. He's, he's been fantastic all season long. He's, I mean, it, it's amazing to think how far he's coming. Remember he was a receiver just a couple of years ago and it was a, uh, 
it was a bold move by Jim Harbaugh to move him over to the defensive side of the ball. And, and not only that, but make it work because we've seen him try it before. Players move positions. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. But to go from one side of the ball to the other, um, you know, it's pretty impressive. Now, look, he played some DB in high school, so he knew what he was doing. But to do it at this high of a level and as quickly as he did, I think was incredible. Uh, he does a lot of credit. Uh, so I, I don't hate it. I, I don't hate it at all. I think just in a general sense that the depth of this team is is a reason why they're uh, it's so tough to have to pitch an MVP. I mean, there's not many teams that have a luxury of like offense or defense. You could choose three or four guys on maybe both sides of the ball who have been outstanding this year. And that's just how Michigan has, has built this team and why they've been so successful. It's like, oh, yeah, you don't trust the passing game in one in one big game of the year. All right. Lean on your running backs and your offensive line and your defense to go win a game on the road against a top 10 opponent. Like there's not many teams that, that have that luxury. Not at all. And if you look at the postseason awards that are coming out now, all Big Ten or national awards or all American stuff, you're seeing a couple of guys, but it's not like they're they're you know getting a ton of guys on these lists. And I think it's again, it's a testament to the the depth and experience that that this team has. And it's kind of the way it's been built, right? Like they're not they're not forcing force feeding one guy. I mean, you can make the case, I guess, Blake in, in the in the red zone for touchdowns, but other than that, it's it's not like maybe like it was last year where Blake was averaging 20, 25 carries a game. So it, it's, it's really spread out. you got a lot of guys kind of doing their job, so to speak. And it's, it's one of the reasons why this team is, is has, has had the success that they've had this year. I mean, it, it is unbelievable. And, uh, you know, we one of our things before the season would who would who would be the leading receiver for this team now by touchdowns. It's it's clearly Roman Wilson. He has 11. Uh, Colston Loveland is next with four. And he also got it by yards, uh, you know, 662, but within, you know, uh, a hundred of him are both Loveland and Johnson and the catches are Loveland 40, Wilson 41, Johnson 42. I mean, it's that, that is unbelievable that the balance of, of spreading it out. And, uh, yeah, we kind of know it's, it's, it's a similar, uh, you know, a similar story defensively as far as, uh, you know, sacks and, and tackles for loss and things like that. So, um, yeah, I think if you asked, you know, several other people this question, you'd, you'd get several more answers too. And I think, I think that's a good thing and something that, you know, opposing coaches has, have pointed out throughout the season that it's like a, what was that a couple of years ago where they were like the no star defense? This is like the opposite. They're kind of, they're all stars in a way. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, it makes it hard to single out exactly who the best one is. It's kind of like that economics thing, right? All, all a rising tide lifts all boats, and that's kind of been the way, with, especially with this defense, right? Like the the way that it's built, the way they play football, and, and the way Jesse Minner's kind of called games, it's elevated the play of everyone. It's made almost all. And we've heard the players talk about it the last, really, the last couple of months, and how all three levels of the defense are playing in, you know, synchromatic, and and like they're helping each other out, and you know, in some ways, the middle linebackers have gotten lost yet. If you look at the stat sheet, Junior Colson still leads a team of tackles. So it's it, it's it's been really impressive the way the way they've been able to build this thing. It, it's really come on the last couple of years. You know, credit to Mike McDonald and, and obviously him coming in two years ago and, and kind of laying the groundwork for this. But Michigan's really done a good job of of building uh, their defense into a behemoth where they're not necessarily relying on one player. It, it's the whole unit. It's the whole group, and, and they've been it's it, you know they've won games because of it. Uh, I'll be interested to hear what the players, you know, say, you know, this week or next uh, as they start to preview this game with Alabama. Uh, you know, I don't know if you guys want to share something before we move on to to other topics, but the more I look at Alabama, kind of the less 
uh, the less worried I am for Michigan in this matchup. I mean, I know they've been playing better lately, but I still can't shake that you know last minute win against a, a bad Auburn team. Uh, some of the struggles earlier in the year, um, and as much credit as they should get for handling Georgia, the two-time defending champs in the SEC championship game, to to get to this spot, um, I still think I still think that they're this is not the typical. Alabama team uh, and Michigan once again has the edge of quarterback. Um, and I, 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 I'm liking Michigan's chances more even than when I initially saw the draw, I think, because there was that just initial reaction to it's not Florida State. It's not, you can't just pencil them into the national championship. But I, I think, and I do think they're the better team. I, I think you're right for, for the most part. There's just, I mean, the Nick Saban with a month to prepare for an opponent with as much NFL talent, like this team still has a ton of NFL talent on it. Like that's been, they're still all high former four, high four stars, high f- or former five-star recruits. So the, the, the talent is there. And, and the thing too, is just, I, I think the, the quarterback will be the best, most challenging um, quarterback that the mission has faced all year. And it's, it's, it's going to be different. Um, uh, yeah, and then the one Talia Tagovailoa, he's probably the quarterback that gave Michigan the most trouble this year, and with his dual threat ability. So I think Alabama's defense is is pretty legit, and but I I I'm leaning towards picking Michigan, but I can see why it's it's basically a toss up because I I think um, with with this much time to prepare and a coach like Saban. Um, and the success they have had in the college football playoff too. I mean, yeah, it's this year's a different year, but like when they get to the semis, they almost, I think typically always reach the national championship game. So that's, uh, that's uh, uh, Michigan. You also got to take into account they're two years in a row. Now they've, they've fallen short. So I think it's, I'm still excited for the matchup and I haven't, put any pen to paper on a prediction yet but i do think it's going to be a very close game yeah i'm with both of you guys i i, I tend to think this is going to be a close game i i guess i lean alabama right now but we've, i've got three three weeks still to change my mind i mean the the, the talent at edge rusher the secondary the, the the quality of talent in the secondary it probably rivals penn state and as we were just talking about earlier michigan didn't throw the ball a ton against penn state or at least to have success so i i, I question how michigan's going to be able to move the football in alabama um, I, I do think they can slow Alabama, keep them off the off the scoreboard. You know, maybe field goals instead of touchdowns. But it's going to be an interesting matchup. It's I think it's one that maybe Michigan hasn't had to face all season long, at least from a defensive perspective. A uh, lot of playmakers on the Alabama defense. And I'm really curious to see how they hold up. You know, I, I spoke to Blake Corm over the weekend at his uh, his toy drive, and he 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 kind of characterizes this this game and maybe rightly so as a boxing match where you got two heavyweights going up against one another and at least that's how he views it right now so i i I, it's gonna be a fascinating matchup not only two big brands but you got two teams that play kind of a similar style of football uh and and i i'm curious to see uh you know how how they how they hold up yeah no then we've got we've got you know like i said several weeks to you know to get build the excitement for what what should be a great game uh let's move let's move towards basketball uh both teams Played uh, yesterday, Sunday. The women uh, went with a new starting lineup, the one I thought they'd use from the start of the season, actually, and and it worked. They uh, they blew out Illinois uh, in their Big Ten opener, got to eight and two on the season. Their two losses are where they failed to score even fifty points. So when they've had major major offensive issues, they have lost. Uh, if they've been even decent, uh, you know, on that side of the ball, they've been they've won. Um, so yeah, that's where they stand eight and two with, you know, some more non-conference coming up before they get into big 10 play 
for good. What, what, what are they ranked right now? Are they ranked? Uh, they were, so today, I didn't see if it was today, today's poll where they would have landed. They, they went into, they got in at 25 in the, in the most, in last week's, um, but I didn't, I didn't, I was, you know, traveling today. I'm not, not sure if they're still, still there, but yeah, kind of right on, right on the edge there, which seems fair. Uh, the men, uh, big win, you know, at Iowa, um, you know, they gave away a game at home, which you don't want to do in the big 10, but then they, they went and got one on the road. So now they're one and one in these two, uh, early big 10 games, five and five overall, which seems very fitting for the way they've been playing within games and, you know, game to game that they are exactly uh, 500 so far. Uh, Juwan Howard has not yet returned to being the acting head coach. Um, you know, during games, he's still sitting at times. <laughs> Phil Martelli is standing throughout. Um, and, you know, Martelli's the one who talks to us before and after games. Uh, and yeah, no change on, on Juwan's status. Um, shortly after last night's game, Twitter kind of blew up with reports uh, about Jawan. They stemmed from a fake Twitter account, someone parodying a national reporter. Uh, you know, they have parody in their in their bio, but uh, some some veteran respected reporters kind of fell for it, thought it was real. Uh, the report stating that Jawan Howard was was stepping down from his position as head coach effective immediately um, with then more reports coming out with details about why that he had, you know, struck, uh, you know, had a physical altercation with longtime strength and conditioning coach, John Sanderson, uh, even more details on that. Oh, it was over, uh, a disagreement about treatment for his son, Jace Howard, who's, who's currently out with a knee injury. It turns out while the initial stuff was made up, there may be some truth to it, uh, as far as some sort of, uh, disagreement between, Howard and Sanderson. Sanderson usually is with the team, even on road games. He was not there last night. I reached out to him. He's usually a guy that responds pretty quickly. He has not responded at all. Uh, Michigan SID, Tom Wyrot, not respond, did not respond at all to my message for a comment. Uh, Ward Manuel, through a spokesperson, gives a no comment, which at least is something. Uh, you know, other coaches, uh, other staff members and parents of players, either nothing or they hadn't heard anything in the case of parents, you know, they didn't, they, all they knew is what they were seeing on tw Twitter, which tells you one of three things. I mean, they could be misleading me. Nothing happened or something happened, but it wasn't a big enough deal that their son felt the need to tell them. So that's kind of where we stand on things. Jalen Rose, uh, Juwan's good friend, um, posted that Juwan has not been suspended. He's not stepping down. And he hopes to be back on for Saturday's game, which is, you know, news to us, uh, you know, as far as taking over that actual head coaching position, I think is what Jalen means, because Juwan's been on the bench for a while now. Uh, so we will find out maybe more on Saturday. Cue the one scene from uh, Wolf of Wall Street where the one guy's like, stands up and says, I'm not bleeping leaving and drops the mic. <laughs> but yeah, what a, I mean... I, I saw this on Twitter today too. I'm like, I wonder how much sleep uh, Ward Manuel has gotten over the past couple of months. It can't be a lot because it just seems like every week there's there's something going on, and this is just the latest development of uh, what is going on inside Michigan athletics. And yeah, we'll see what happens. But uh, boy, it's 
it's just crazy. They w- finally picked up a key road win, and then the the narrative is uh is an off the off the court issue that potentially happened. I think the rumor mill was churning extra quickly because of you know Jawan's reputation and what he did two years ago to get himself suspended when he did strike an opposing coach in the post game handshake line. So like. I don't even want to say like, oh, there's precedent for this behavior. This is who Jawan is. But, you know, people, I guess, want to believe the worst in people. And when they've seen it before, um, you know, it, it doesn't take as much imagination to get to that place. Um, and, you know, the fact that that Sanderson wasn't there only, uh, you know, I guess only adds to that intrigue. Jawan was, like I said, he was on the bench. He was, you know, outside the locker room with the team. Afterwards, he looked incredibly calm and casual and no interest in talking to us, but, um, he was there. Uh, so again, we'll, we'll find out Saturday. They have a double header with the women. Women play at 11 AM. The men, um, you know, there's a little break before they play. I don't know if it's two or two 30 or something like that. Um, Miami of Ohio for the women, Eastern Michigan for the men, you know, is that when Joan comes back? Maybe then they play the next week in Charlotte, uh, that, you know, double, double header two night event where the women play as well. I'll be there for that. So uh, I'll, I'll try to get some information. Um, but as, as things stand right now, there's nothing official from the school. Um, and yeah, his, his status with the team has not changed, but his status with the team is already a little, a little bizarre. You've got a head coach uh, acting as an assistant coach and an assistant coach acting as the, the head coach. And it's created a little awkwardness to say the least, uh, I think during games, but didn't matter Sunday. They they scored a lot of points. It was the other team's head coach that got ejected, uh, and they, they and they win ninety to to eighty to move to one and one in the Big Ten. Anything else you guys want to add about Michigan football or athletics in general, or, or anything before we wrap up this episode? Plug a story you got coming. Anything? Signing day's coming up, so there'll be some uh, recruiting previews and stuff like that coming up. And so I talked with the uh, coach of quarterback commit, Jaden Davis, and receiver Channing. Not Tatum. I made that mistake in one of my stories a couple, a couple months ago. And um, uh, Channing Goodwin of uh, Michigan Legacy. So um, yeah, going to try and get as many recruiting previews and profiles before signing day. It's coming up quick. Um, December 20th. So yeah, wow. Nine days from now. So yeah, right now missions got 26 commits added, uh, another one on over the weekend. I was on top of a mountain in a wedding, outdoor wedding in Colorado. So um, luckily Aaron was there to, to step up and, and write it, uh, flip the three-star defensive tackle, uh, David Polly Polly from, uh, what originally from, he goes to school in California, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. Yes. All right. Gotcha. But he was committed to USC. Uh, obviously Mich- mission had been interested in him for quite a while. Reportedly actually gave Michigan a silent commitment back in the summertime um, before I ended up choosing USC. And then obviously Michigan continued uh, to push and uh, was rewarded here just a couple of weeks before signing day. So uh, fills a big need. And obviously if you look at some of the other, um, big nose tackle type of players that mission has landed. I mean, Kenneth Grant was another low four star, high three star type of guy. That's turned out to be pretty well. So they, they like these these bigger uh, nose tackle types that they can mold and and kind of stuff in the middle. And we'll see if Michigan can kind of work its magic with another one. I have a story too this week on uh, 
Will Johnson was able to catch up with him uh, over the weekend at Blake Coram's uh, thing in Troy. So he he sounded optimistic. He's going to be uh, available to play for the bowl game. It sounded like he was a more precautionary deal sitting out the Big Ten championship game as maybe some of us suspected with the uh, with the leg injury. So caught up with him, probably a story Tuesday and I'm live.com. Uh, and I, I just say, I don't know if any of our listeners were there, but uh, showing up to Blake Coram's toy drive Saturday at Somerset Mall was incredible. I mean, they were literally, the line went, across the entire mall i was blown away even talking to blake afterwards he he expected a big crowd but they someone told me five thousand people and they can only accommodate 500 people for photos it was incredible they said they uh they raised almost two truckfuls of toys 20 blake told us between 20 and twenty-five thousand. so it was it was i mean if you thought that the turkey thing he does every thanksgiving is incredible this was this just blew my blew my mind Wow. Very impressive uh, young man, what he's doing, you know, off the field. I think uh, NIL makes a lot of this possible. Not that he couldn't have done nothing was stopping him, I guess, from doing something like this uh, before, but it's just easier. And, um, you know, when he can be making money doing other things as well, it, it only adds to it. It's all. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's. It's the side of NIL that people don't see enough, maybe, um, you know, when they talk about how it's ruining sports or these players are greedy or whatever it is. This is this is cool to see. So glad you were there to uh, to report on it. We'll have continued coverage of uh, leading up to the Rose Bowl and uh, Jawan Howard's situation at MLive.com slash Wolverines. Thanks for listening.